0: Off the ball, with thanks to Ford. This season calls for a change off the pitch and on the road. For a quality 151 offer, you know where to turn. Ford, go further.
1: Right, a very good evening to you. Brian O'Driscoll, welcome to the studio. Good to be back. Dr. O'Driscoll.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's my dad. I saw the picture. Yeah, but now there's two of you in the family. Yeah, three. Three? Yeah, Yeah, right. Very good.
0: Mm, I feel a little bit of a fraud. I'd say so.
1: (laughs) They save lives and, uh, you know, well, in fairness, you know, there's...
0: Yeah, is, it's uh, the old. If you if you use doctors, like we need a doctor over here. Yeah. Um, I'm not actually a medical doctor, <laughs> like, but you, you called yourself doctor. Sorry about that. Are you going to call yourself doctor? I don't what? think I will. I don't think I will. <laughs> Your Twitter handle is changing. not
1: quite Queen's no. no. University Belfast. Uh, gave you an honorary doctorate. Yeah, a pretty amazing experience. That's, no,
0: like absolutely lovely. It really was, and I was uh, I was blown away by um, by the people up there and yeah. and and the event itself. And I I suppose. You're kind of looking at, you know, why, why, why am I, am I really, am I deserving of this? All these people have studied for four years and they're getting their, they're getting their, um, they're graduating on that day and they're, you feel a bit fraudulent, you really do, but at the same time you're, I suppose, you have to treat it as something quite different. Yeah.
1: Uh, which about, it is. What about the Guinness Book of World Records, which I also saw a picture of you this week? <laughs>
0: yeah, that, that, that it'll be a one-time thing. <laughs> Mr. McCall will have something to say about that. Uh, so, yeah, nice to get in once. Once-in-a-lifetime Guinness Book of Records. I don't know. Is it still big uh, amongst kids? I presume I, it was, is. Uh, I loved it. Yeah. So, yeah, one year. I
1: think it's a much smaller thing now than when we were kids, when it was like 400 pages. Okay, yeah. And now it's like they have pictures much, that are much bigger and kind of they tell stories around certain things as opposed to just a... So, yeah, you know, you'll have a proper entry. Are you trying to belittle my... Um- <laughs> no. <they're-> <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, it's... Um, yeah, it'll be kids. Yeah. Daddy was a... Record breaker once upon a time. Yeah, so
1: no pressure. (laughs) I want to talk to you about the Christmas schedule. We'll talk about the specific games last weekend and the the ones that are coming up this weekend, but um, were were the games around St. Stephen's Day a bit of a pain for everybody or do you kind of just accept that, look, this is my job? Uh, Yeah,
0: I think you realise that you are the entertainment around Christmas, so everyone else gets to enjoy themselves and you get to have you know one slice less of turkey, or you don't get to have anything more than a glass of wine with christmas dinners yeah and that 's just how it is and There was a time years ago in the early two thousands where we were given like ten days off, and yeah you know, we'd we'd make absolute pigs of ourselves and then come you know roll back for the last couple of rounds of europe uh, in january in Worse condition, right? And you'd have some coaches pulling their hair out. Would that um, explain
1: maybe why it took a while for?
0: for- Quite possibly. <laughs> Might have had something where we won the first four games in our pool and then <laughs> failed to qualify in January. Yeah, I don't know. Putting two, two, two and two together. Um, but now it's it's yeah. This, the you know the thought process from from players is that this is it is what it is, and you you just have to you have to suck it up, and it's not really Christmas like. Everyone else knows Christmas. Yeah. So it'll be this. That's why it's kind of different for me this year.
1: I was going to say, I presume uh, as the year goes on and you start to do things and have a good time and relax into life as a civilian, you're thinking, oh, Jesus, I'm delighted.
0: Yeah, there's parts of it are really good. Um, I have, do you know what? I've found that denying myself the treats is considerably harder. Now? Yeah, because there's just... There's, why bother? Because before, yeah, and before it was, in my head, it was letting the team down. You're, you're you're by by denying yourself, you're adding value to the team, and yeah. it's, you know it's for the better, for the bigger good. Now there's the team. It's, it's team just it's just, Yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah, it's pride and vanity. And um, there's been a bit of a shift, a redistribution of weight, yeah. which is still hidden behind clothes. So provided it stays that way
1: are you still going crazy in the gym and doing all kind no, of no I'm
0: doing bits but I should be doing more but I still do a bit Pilates at least once a week just to keep the back ticking over and then a couple of sessions until I haven't been to the gym for about a month not since the little fellow was born
1: alright let's talk about uh, JJ Hanron in the news this week the old he's going to England trick uh, <laughs> when suddenly months- who, who dare use that one <laughs> I did see Anthony Foley talking about um
0: oh in previous days you would have seen the French clubs and, and maybe a bit of beer ritz there. <laughs> Cheeky dig. Um yeah, like listen, guilty is charged and um obviously players are still doing it because it has worked, has yeah. it not? You it know? seems
1: like nothing official yet from Munster about a new deal, but it looks like an extension is and some movement is, is imminent. At least that was the sounds coming out today. Uh which we, there's a couple of things. Obviously, Hanrahan's been named in the team, and he, there were fairly forthright in their
0: comments that they wanted him to stay around. Yeah, I would, I would think that his addition in the team has not had, a, you know, has not been a be, uh, bearing on the fact of all the chat earlier on in the week. That's there are two separate issues. I would imagine, no matter what, Surely JJ was going, to, yeah, coincidental. Uh, JJ was going to start at at twelve uh, this weekend, which I think personally is a really smart play by Anthony because. Going over there, you're not going to be able to play a one-dimensional game and expect to win against Claremont. In Claremont, they're 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 exceptional there. They've got a great track record. They've uh, I, I don't know has any Irish team won over there, and very few sides. You know, what are they? One game, um, one game lost in fifty-five or yeah. sixty. So, I think they have to play have a game an ability to play multiple styles of game, and I think JJ definitely offers that.
1: Um, the future for him. And for all Irish 10s, is presumably trying to play somewhere other than 10 because Johnny Sexton is a yeah, 10.
0: Johnny's not going to be gone today or tomorrow. Johnny is 29 and is as fit as a butcher's dog. So he'll be, Johnny will play to he's 35, 36. And you're going to have to either wait for an injury for to, to, to be given an opportunity or or have an ability to play both 10 and 12. And de- definitely, I do see that in JJ. I remember Raj, uh, about three or four years ago, just when he was coming out of school and he started training with Munster Squad, saying, you know, how talented he was and, and how good a footballer he was. And I kind of kept a keen eye on him. And you can see that in his game. He's he's probably, maybe he's a little bit too maverick for for how Munster have wanted to w- want their 10 playing, but it definitely makes for an exciting um, brand to watch. And, and for me, he's, you know, I, I definitely feel him on the pitch offers more to Munster.
1: The Munster need a bit more Maverick at 10 in their play?
0: Maybe. Like Ian Keatley has had his, has absolutely had his moments. Yeah. This year, it's hard to, you know, he, he, he knocked over a crack and drop goal and got them four points. Yeah. Against Sale. Um, he guided them relatively well in the, in the Saracens game. So it's hard to completely knock him. His goal kicking has been. Um, mixed, so he's not solely on for for kicking goals. He 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 has the ability to mix his game. It's just I think JJ has probably a bit more of an eye for picking the pass and creating something out of nothing.
1: Yeah, a lot of the criticism this week of Foley was probably unjustified in that, you know, you're not giving him a chance. And he was like, well, actually, what we've been doing is managing him. He came back a little bit late. We gave him a, a proper full preseason, and that's why he's behind where he is. But then they didn't
0: play him at all last week. And now this week he is fit to start the game. And you're thinking, oh, maybe last week. Maybe that's a bit of a knee jerk on on what on the on the the way that they played because they didn't really look as though they were going to score a try. Uh, certainly not in the out wide. You know, the the, the bludgeon was was the tack that they took, and then that wasn't really working. And then even when they did try and you know, offer something else and push it into the wider channels, it didn't look creati- creativity creatively Is that even a word? Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's um. Yeah, it just didn't look as though it was going to happen, and I think having someone like uh, JJ in there is is definitely going to give people like Felix and Zebo um, the chance more of a, more of uh, more uh, that half second. That's that's what they're uh, that's what they're in need of, and it's like that's the difference between making a break and not.
1: When you're in a situation like last week for Munster, it's an absolutely amazing team coming who have a bit of revenge on their, all the the stuff that goes before the game, and then they score so early. Yeah. Is the thing to do not to do, in any way change your plan, or do you automatically have to reassess a little bit? Cause no,
0: don't change your plan. Just strike that from the memory. And like uh, Claremont really must have been delighted with that because the way to go to and and win in Thoman Park is quite is quite in the crowd, and you silence them early, get a good good lead, and build on that. You, you know that's a, a long way in 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 getting one up in Munster. And I I went to. Uh, Thoman multiple times and didn't come out on top very often I think two or three occasions but um, you know if you can if you can quieten the crowd down and and make it h- harder on the referee they, sorry they make it harder on the referee to you know pushing the 50-50 decisions yeah. in Munster's favour and if if you can take that out of the equation you've got a fighting chance yeah uh,
1: the performance didn't obviously work in terms of the game plan Then last week was it wrong from the start was it or was that team almost never going to win just because of the personnel and then no, the, the injury difficulties they had as well?
0: Yeah, there's a bit of that. I think they came across an incredibly physical team uh, who were so clinical in the couple of opportunities they got. And you have to remember too, even you know, they, they missed the two conversions uh, off the two tries. So potentially that's another four points. Yeah. Um, so like they were without a shadow of doubt worth their win. But you look at the possession stats and... It was down in the 30s that that Claremont had. So Munster did have the ball a huge amount, but they just didn't create anything with it. And you've got to, when it's not going one way, you've got to have an ability in mid-game. It's no good going, oh, next week we'll get it right. You've got to be able to have that ability to shift it. And they didn't do that. And that's why the likes of JJ is coming in, I'd imagine, just to... Play a little bit more heads-up football.
1: What's the difference for a thirteen, say, when you have somebody at twelve who everybody knows is actually an out-half? Like, because I presume there is quite a significant difference between how a ten and a twelve are supposed to play. And if you pick an out-half at twelve, does he play his normal game or is he told stop doing that now? We want you to play twelve.
0: Um, I think that's obviously dependent on who you know who, who the personnel, who, who that individual is. I think some looking at someone like JJ, maybe what. They have has been perceived in the past as a lack of control at ten might be a real positive at twelve okay. because the inhibitions of what you're told not to do at ten perhaps you can go and express yourself a bit more at twelve and yeah. so more often than not your your outside half is one of the best passes on the team so it gives you that second distribution and it's much easier to cut teams from this on the second pass than it is on the, on on the ten throwing the ball yeah so. Um, I I I think it is a it's a it's a, a not a brave call. It's a, it's a clever ploy by by Munster going with him this week, and I hope he goes well because he's young. He's young too. He's twenty two, yeah. And because he's been in the Munster squad for a number of years, you would think he's a bit older than that. But I I I I am a um uh, I'm, I'm kind of a believer in what way the way he plays the game. And I think if he does get those run of games, I think at twelve or at ten, and he can play at fifteen too. Um, He'll, he'll do some good things for them. From
1: his own perspective, is the right thing to do now, bide his time, stay with Munster and establish himself over the next 18 months as their first choice 10 and try and cultivate a, a, an
0: ability to play 12 for his international career? If I was him, I would. I don't think there's any rush. I think um, if if if, the, if what Anthony Foley's talked about, you know, him manage, managing injuries in the past and being uh, you know, a bit slower out of the blocks this year, yeah, I, I don't see... You know, why'd be in a rush away? I I think there is potential for him to cement his place as number one ten, um, but definitely as the number one twelve, and to be able to play both. And what's you know another two years? He'd be twenty four if he really wants to go away. Then, but I think he. Um, there's, there's great possibilities and Munster are never far away. You have to remember that. You could go to another club and maybe the likes of Northampton, I think they're a team on the up, but you, you, you look at other English teams, you could go there and you could, and and you could be lost. Yeah. yeah. So Munster never ever, like even this weekend, anyone that thinks, you know, has written them off, they're going to, you know, they're going to get pumped. They're absolutely not. They're, they're, they're just, they're not a team that loses by 20. From an Ireland perspective, if you're Madigan or Hanrahan, um, your best chance is twelve, right? For the next f- number of years, I think so. But they, you don't think of that as you don't think of that as a player. You have got to back yourself too. So, how do players get in when the likes of Dan Carter, okay, is injured and Cruden and Bowden Barrett are now they're they're ahead of him at the moment. Like Carter needs a run of games, yeah. but you know why. Is it not possible that Dan Carter could be benched or could be second or third choice? You've got to, as a player believe that your capabilities are that of the best player in the world, or that you know. Certainly, I, I, you, if you don't believe in yourself, you're definitely not going to achieve. So, I think those guys have to think that they can dislodge um, so, Johnny Sexton. So, continue trying to develop
1: as a ten, and if you're getting close to that. Then you're probably going to be as valuable to Joe Schmidt anyway as well as a
0: potential twelve. Yeah, and and it works both ways. So as a, as as a squad player, it's good to play multiple positions. So the likes of Madigan and JJ being able to play ten, twelve, fifteen. Yeah, uh, I know Keatley plays a little bit of fifteen as well. Um, but as a first fifteen player, you really need to be in one position because. You know, that that versatility can work against you when it comes to that. So, you know, Johnny, yeah, at a push, he could play 12. He did in the past with Roger 10, but he's there to, to stay at 10. So being able to to work in another position will definitely get you into the matchday squad. But maybe it won't
1: be the thing which ultimately allows. like. So if you're, these two careers are going to develop in tandem, it looks like, from uh, Madigan also playing in the centre this week and Hanrahan. One of them will probably decide that they want to be an out-half one of them will probably end up playing a lot of 12. You know, it's very possible that Madigan plays a lot of 12. Um, and then three years down the, down the line, Madigan's played a load of 12 and has established himself as the number 12 and JJ's the number two out-half but can also play 12. Which of these do you want to be? Like, do you want to be the guy who's guaranteed starter in the Ireland team at 12 all the time? That's
0: a good question. I, I, I don't know. I think... Um you need to get into those players' heads, right? So I look at, at Ian and he knows Johnny's coming back. So, it, you know, he's definitely got to be thinking I'm going to be playing a lot more 12 next year. Gordon Darcy goes, so there's good thi- good, good chance I'm going to play a lot of 12 for, for Leinster. Having said that, one thing I've been really impressed with with, um, with Madigan this um, November series is anytime he came on he's made a big impact mm. came on for Johnny in the Six Nations in the France game the only game that he played he was involved in in that Six Nations and did really well was solid out made his tackles did what he needed to do kicked where he had to kick and, 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 and played the percentages really well and I think everyone knows his, his capabilities but where you can play the percentage game I think that's going to get you into, into international teams
1: yeah. Okay. 53106 is the text number you can uh, tweet us here at off the ball as well. Let's talk a bit more about the Leinster performance and again obviously um Jimmy Gopperth is just under the spotlight a lot and it's because you play ten and it's because you've got that responsibility for
0: uh the game flow. You 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 know the previous ten again we we go back to was was Johnny Sexton and he's probably the informed ten in the world. Um so there's, there's obvious comparisons when people have been used to that, and and Leicester supporters over the last four or five years have been absolutely spoiled because they they were Leicester were winning and they were playing a great brand. Even last year they won the 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 Pro 12, but it wasn't a good brand. So that's why you know people are giving out about it and saying you know it's not good enough. Imagine in a world where you win the league and, and it's, it's not good enough. Yeah, so like it, it they are absolutely spoiled and yeah the 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 rugby has not been as good the last 18 months but at times it's been effective and this last week it wasn't it was it was substandard and they all know that but let's not get away from it too like i look at i look at queens and you know if they're really happy with themselves i think they should have a hard look because a team that played not well in leinster last year or last week um conceded an intercept try and yet, Quinn's only won by six. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be patting myself on the back too much. So, Quinn's should have taken the opportunity to kill Leinster Ross. They should have beaten them by more if they were happy with their performance, you know. I, I'd say, you know, talk to, spoke to Conor O'Shea and he was probably happy in the aftermath of the win, of getting four points. But when he looked at the video, I wouldn't be overly delighted by the way I play, my team played.
1: Matt O'Connor this week said that uh, it's been an interesting week of training, there were robust conversations happening. What will they be
0: focusing on? Um like I've heard Jamie talk about it in a couple of interviews about this you know forty thousand people in the Aviva and the need to turn up, and he you know he he's talk talking about being happy, winning ugly. And if they have to win ugly this you know, this weekend so be it. But I, I really think that there's a big performance this weekend in, in that Leinster team. I think they just feel when when there there's that pressure heaped in the squad and you have those internal conversations and you're you you know, m- maybe it's being made out to be worse than it than it is because they still are on two wins yeah. and a victory denying Quinns a bonus point or a five point five pointer from them will put them back into number one. Like that's that's that puts a completely different spin on things going into Christmas.
1: The um, the whole point about the brand of rugby, too, is that it happens at different times of the year and sometimes in different games, which become benchmark games. Um, like under Cheka, for example, and it's the game against Quinn's that wasn't a game where the brand of rugby was this amazing thing. The semi final after that, where you play Munster, the brand of rugby is sensational, but you can't have one without the other, and I think sometimes that. The fans are demanding Harlem Globetrotters every week. Mm. When ultimately, the Harlem Globetrotters things happen
0: sporadically. You have to have a few of them, though, right? Yeah. So last year, probably you look at two performances: were the final and the Pro Twelve, and the and the Northampton game away. Yeah. And other than that there weren't there were they, enough was done sure
1: how many other seasons how many on, uh, the really amazing seasons was it happening five or I six times I think you could
0: probably pick more than that that's why people have been spoiled because and I, I'm I, I don't want to just talk about the about the Joe Schmidt era because there was Czechs you know there was Czechs years as well yeah. where um, where Leinster really performed well in the pool stages I think back to when Leinster had Rassing Saracens and um Bath no, it was another French team, uh, can't think, but there were, you know, on the route to get out of your, out of your pool, you had to beat two French teams home and away. Yeah. Um, it was Claremont. Um, they lost to Claremont away, but picked up a losing bonus and then beat Racing away and at home and yeah. Saracens away and home like that. You know, when you're making, you have to play a decent brand of rugby to win all of those games. And so people, you know that th- they were not five ugly wins. They, there was some really good performances in there, and that's just what people have been spoiled with and gotten used to. And now so they beating months. the Ospreys two two weeks ago by six points in a you know a kick fest isn't good enough. And um,
1: oh, that's fair enough. Then, like, because the, the whole point of the legacy is supposed to be that this is
0: you can have effective winning rugby and it can be good to watch too. Yeah, um, it's a it's a results based business and. I think player your coaches and players will be will call about being judged at the end of the season and when you know being beaten in a quarter final of Europe and winning the Pro12 is an unsuccessful season is a little bit of a shame you know from cuz players don't look at it as being a, an unsuccessful season you win silverware there's there's success to be had yeah yeah, and if it's a
1: cumulative thing and keeps building, um, then everybody forgets about the fact that it was unsuccessful or yeah, that, that yeah. opinion changes pretty quickly. Just to go back to the Gopper thing, um, on BT, you were pointing out the
0: fact that it was his tackle that denies one of the conversions and so therefore it's hugely important. I love that. you know, and Do you know what? Someone like, I remember Joe Schmidt um, after the All Black game that we lost in the last minute, he showed a clip of Kieran Reid on, on uh, Rob Carney's try and chasing him back, and mm. um, the kick was taken outside the fifteen and outside the fifteen yard line, and Johnny hit the post with it, and that was twenty-one nil, and that was the difference in the end. And and Jimmy, who had was a, had a standing start, trekked back and and chased Ticker, ticker to him, uh and um, Swill. I think missed the kick badly, missed the kick. Do you know what? Around six, wait till you see how vital that point is. Yeah. And that's the difference. And I remember seeing at the time going, that's the work rate that no one gives people like Jimmy credit for. But that was, uh, that for me, That was, that's real. That's, you know, dying for the team stuff. Because
1: this week it emerged that Jimmy's free to talk to other teams and he's been linked with Wasps and uh, the contract they're talking about is pretty big so obviously the rest of the world doesn't look at him as somebody who isn't as good as Johnny Sexton they see oh this guy's really good mm. and incredibly hard working and, and
0: a, a useful functional player. <laughs> which, he, which he 100% is. Um, I think w- what just disappointed me a little bit about the weekend was the first half He, I thought he was brilliant he was attacking you know was a great option himself Went to the line, put people through holes, um, offloaded uh, after the tackle. I thought his options were brilliant, and he backed himself. It just felt, and maybe he didn't get to go forward from his pack, which is you know, which is hugely important to a ten. I think yeah. we were, we you know, Lens didn't win collisions in the second half, and so you're on the back foot a bit. But it just seemed further in the pocket and a lot more lateral. And I think I, the pack do have to take huge responsibility for not giving him front foot to be able to attack and play on the gain line.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right, 53106 is the text number. We're going to take a quick break. We're back uh, answering some of your questions and loads more as well
0: after these. Off the ball with thanks to Ford. This season, we're not playing by the rules. We're exceeding expectations. Now as standard. Ford, go further.
1: All right, we've had a load of questions um, coming in for Brian. We're going to get to those in a moment. One of the other stories that um, everybody's been talking about over the last couple of weeks is the whole notion of drugs in rugby and uh, the medicalization of it? We had Laurent Benazek, this guy, the French guy's former Harlequin's pop, who's written this book. Um, and he talks about a lot of things. He talks in general terms about the medicalization of the sport and, and what players have to put themselves through to play. And then this week, Alan Quinlan was talking about um, the various injections and stuff that you just, you just do as part of your job. You take. Um, take whatever the the legal things are to get yourself feeling okay to withstand the pressure and the collisions. Um, Was this something that evolved over the course of the the time that you were a professional or was it like that from the start? Um, No, I think it probably did
0: evolve um, that um, the, the medical side of things like the game itself grew with professionalism and understanding of the, you know, where um, how far it could be moved along, how yeah. you could benefit yourself uh, as much as training harder. You know, you realise the harder you train, the better you play. The more, um, from a medical point of view, of you know within the within the remit and the guidelines of of um, the re- the relative authorities, if you were if, you know, if there were non banned substances, you could take them going into games to ease aches or pains or whatever, provided it was um, it was all signed off. On. Yeah was it a thing where everybody's taking painkillers every week no not everyone no no um that was i think it's it's an individual thing there were some guys that would never have touched it and never needed to yeah um some guys you know um would have because i suppose cumulatively would have had injuries right you know from a longer career or also you know more games in a season so just to give themselves, uh, get themselves feeling better come come game time.
1: One of the things that um, I remember kind of being said in the middle of the last decade is, what kind of middle age are these players all going to have um, when it comes to hips and knees and arthritis and all that kind of stuff? Are you in any way aware of the fact that you're you're risking your health to do your job? Or are you
0: always painfully aware of it? I don't think I don't think you look on it as your risking yourself i think you 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 it's you live in the moment definitely um not thinking with a view in 50 in 15 20 years time certainly not from a joint point of view but because that is your job and you know whatever arthritis or whatever you you we're guinea pigs we don't know what level it's going to be we're hopeful that because we're fitter and stronger and in better condition that we are going to be able to keep those type of ailments at bay a lot longer, and the the amateur players didn't didn't have that level of conditioning, and so you know that's why they were subject to probably more replacements at an earlier age than we we're hoping to be. But I guess we are guinea pigs to a degree. So, yeah. um, we'll see in ten, fifteen years' time how guys are. But um, you know, the, the guys that I've played with that are now in their forties, a lot of them are in good condition. Have have Know, very few complaints and you know, I suppose long may that continue
1: um, Raj was talking this week about how you know there's always in the background whispers about certain individuals uh, who might be taking drugs I guess it's the same in any kind of flick you know the the gossip in the world of sport is always like ooh this person stroke player or this sport in particular has, uh, has issues with it um, were you concerned at any point that teams were cheating on you that you were coming up against players who or
0: teams who were suddenly showing signs of improvement or i just didn't think it was happening i just didn't i I suppose you you always felt as though because of how we were um how often we were tested, you know blood and urine um more recently blood um, probably in the last three or four years but um th- there was huge regularity to training or to testing, and so you f- there was always the belief that every other team was subject to that as well, and so um the cheats would be excuse the pun weaned out yeah um, so and that gives you confidence out.
1: or like initially when it starts is there a ah oh, Jesus what's the story with this or
0: is it straight away thinking this is only going to be good for all of us oh no you, like it. it you, you, you are annoyed when, you've, when you go in and see the testers in the training ground or in the hotel or wherever it might be you go oh please don't be me because you just don't want the hassle of the next hour or however long yeah um of you know a guy checking you out while you're having a wee into a cup and all the rigmarole that goes with it, um, but y- you do realise that every so often it's good to be tested because you know it proves that you are naturally fit and ev- all your hard work is only that it's just hard graft. Yeah, and um, it's funny you know when the <laughs> when when you get your um, when you get the your form back from from the IRFU saying. Congratulations, you've got a negative result, and you're like what ne- <laughs> negative it's, it's got to be a bad thing, right uh, and every time there's a little you kind of go, "Oh, no, it's okay, it's fine um but it's um you just feel that everyone is I, I don't know what other unions are, and you don't listen you don't how can you concern yourself with that? All you can worry about is is yourself and what you're in control the whole that quite that that line of control the controllable. You have to hope that the, that the drugs agencies out there are going to um, police this, as they have done for yourselves, which I felt was quite, it, w- it was done in a strong manner.
1: Okay, because the energy you would expend worrying about everybody else. Dervil O'Rourke always said that, you know, if I spent my time worrying about everybody else on the start line, what's the point of me going to race in the first place?
0: I genuinely didn't think that th- th- it was the case. You know, you hear rumours, but... Yeah, you know, they are just that they're rumors, and that's that's for that's not from that's that's really not my concern.
1: Yeah, the the other issue that has kind of come up in the middle of all this, which I, I think is a different issue, is the use of supplements and particularly legal supplements, which um, which is a massive industry, and there's a, a strong case to be made that if something is legal and has been checked out and is okay and verified, that that's fine. I heard Trevor Hogan make that case eloquently during the week, and I thought, well. I don't, I personally don't see any issue with the use of legal supplements um, and I don't see it as some kind of gateway because I don't really believe in that whole stuff.
0: It's a gateway to, oh, you know, I'm taking this protein shake. Next thing I'm juicing. I, I, I don't know if the players see it. It's any. a very individual thing. As Trevor said, you know, it wasn't, there's nothing done en masse where we're allowed to together and really trying to push the boundaries. If someone wants to cheat, I, I would imagine they're going to do it very privately. They're not going to be telling those that are around them of what's going on. Um, so from the supplementation point of view, personally, I was never really into supplementation. Um, I tried a few things along the way. I tried the creatines um, um, amongst other things once or twice. I found very, um, very little difference, in fact, no difference. And so when I tried it, I just i, I w- wasn 't worth the hassle of you know taking something three or four times a day for weeks at end. I just thought there's there 's nothing in that for me yeah I, and I backed myself into hard and, the, and again that hard graft. What I would have taken a little bit was some of the carbohydrate drinks after training just because I mightn't get food into me for three quarters of an hour or an hour. And that's just about getting calories back into the body because you're expending so much energy. So some guys are big into it um, and more so now than again in the early 2000s. But that's because education is better on it.
1: Yeah. All right. 53106, as I said, is the text number. Loads of uh, questions coming through. Uh, Noel Radigan on Twitter wants to know, yes or no, will Slam and Sam be in the England Rugby World Cup squad? I
0: don't I, I, I don't think so. I I'm, I can't wait to see him. Uh, this weekend and, get, and getting a start, but I think he's there. It's there's a lot to learn, and personally, I don't think he's going to be a twelve. I think he might be a six. All right, and wow, that'd be pretty amazing to be able to do a little bit of both, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, d- I don't think he's going to be able to do both, okay. <laughs> but I think he'll he'll work out that um, that's his best. That, that is six will be a better position.
1: Yeah. Uh, Killian Byrne on Twitter wants to know: Did Brian O'Driscoll just announce Gordon Darcy's retirement and off the ball?
0: <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Well, I, I know that it's highly unlikely that Gordon's going to go on beyond the World Cup year. I think he's, you know, been pretty vocal in saying that he yes. wants to get to the World Cup and perhaps that season. But I'd be very, very surprised if he goes another one thereafter. Okay, so that's what you meant by next year. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's
1: Owen in Dublin says, uh, "Surely, players building their skills and developing their game is the really important things, and not worrying about what position they're playing." And maybe that's the whole point about getting Madigan in the team and getting Hanrahan in the team, get these guys out there and get them playing. Yeah,
0: that's important. But um, you have to try and get into the heads of what coaches want as well. And yes, build your skills and build confidence. But They know, want their job to be safe by yeah, winning games. Yeah, coaches aren't. There's not that many Guy noves out there where you, you're coached coach for 20 years or yeah. you, know, you get five, six-year contracts. You know, coaches are very result-based um, their, their employment is very result based so they need guys to perform and now yeah Brian Ashton had like a thousand year uh, contract with Ireland but that didn't uh, work out
1: too well in the end I'd say he did okay out of a <laughs> severance severed package as a player did Brian enjoy the Christmas party element of the Aviva game in round four of the European Cup or did it mean anything to them this I would be the blue Santa and the dancing at half time
0: we, we didn't see any <laughs> dancing at half time I liked the big crowd it was great Yeah, I, I loved the um, I loved the Christmas game because you knew you were going to get 40,000 and yeah. 40,000 is twice as good as 20,000 people it actually does mean something it to it really does from a player's perspective it's you, you enjoy playing in front of those in those great atmospheres and I think probably a couple of times the Aviva was sold out and yeah just everyone is in good form at Christmas time and yeah. then if you can play good rugby and entertain too just spirits are high and the knock on effect that has of your own Christmas because that last result before Christmas and it, you know I know Leinster and the, and the provinces will have games next week but this is the this is really the last result You're saying everybody's you really going
1: they're, they're going crazy after this the, the players might actually get a bit of a Christmas break no, after they, this I weekend I think just
0: it's from, their, from their, uh, their psychologically that they might be able to enjoy the run into Christmas a bit more if they have a good result this weekend Yeah
1: um, Christmas parties the fairly legendary ones that the Premier League footballers had was that uh
0: is that? there's a few there's, it still happens yeah it still happens there was uh, there was some good parties yeah they're, 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 it's still done and more often than not it's done it's fancy dress so um, yeah i think seen suppose, some of the pictures lads, on Twitter yeah lads, the years. You know, yeah. there's a lot more painted faces these days less recognisable um, and also I presume they have to go somewhere where there won't be too many camera phones And there's camera phones everywhere so that's why
1: you know, some ca- of the other costumes players.
0: costumes um, with masks you know no it wasn't me uh, do you think the Madigan-Fitzgerald combination will work, asks James Keough. I'm really excited about seeing it. There's two you know, two guys that know each other very well, played a lot of schools rugby together and um, are good pals. So I think the, the chemistry there will be brilliant. And they're both very attacking orientated. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to if, it. If um, Fitzgerald could get fit for a while, it could be amazing for everybody. Luke is so talented. He is so talented. His feet are wicked. And I think we'll see them tomorrow.
1: Um just two more JJ has to stay in Munster to further his career he'd be lost in England
0: anybody remember Tony Buckley or Tommaso Leary I think that's a good shout Um, not on the Tommaso Leary (laughs) and Tony Buckley front but I think JJ's too young to be going uh, over there yet and because he can absolutely still play his way into the Munster it's not a case of he's Definitely is, going to be second fiddle for the f- foreseeable future. He can yeah. play his way into that team and stay there and be the man.
1: If he was slightly injured, the chances of him getting a second preseason or being managed that way in England are far less. He'd be That's straight right. in the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not going to be. He's not going to be looked after like he will be by the provinces. Uh, two quick ones, lads. You have to ask Brian a question about himself. If he gets it wrong, it'll make crappy quiz history. Don't know if we can fix that. And then uh, this last one: If he wins the crappy quiz, will it rank above the Grand Slam? has done (laughs) 53106 is our text number if you want to get in touch Uh, Brian thanks very much for joining us Cheers. Uh, Brian's actually staying around of course for the uh, crappy quiz which is coming up after 8 o'clock we'll also have uh, Mick and last week's winner Nathan trying to defend his crown stay tuned